Hey guys, just before we get started, I wanted to kind of put a swear warning because I realize I do in fact swear a lot and I just kind of want to make sure if any kitties are listening that uh, you should probably stop now if unless you're a mature child. And also I'd like to say, uh, sorry mom, <laughs> let's get started with the episode. Hey guys, welcome back to the Long May She Rain podcast. I'm Aiden and I'm your host for this podcast. So this week, oh, what did I do? Well, actually, so I finally bugged my mom into getting me an Ancestry account because I've always wanted an Ancestry account so I could do some, like, obviously family history research. And uh, it just so happened that my grandma's birthday is coming up. I think I can talk about this because I don't think my grandma listens to my podcast. She doesn't even know what a podcast is. I had to explain it to her. Anyway, so I'm making her a family tree for her birthday because she's pretty interested in our family history too but I'm the person who has to do all the research um so I did and oh my god guys the discoveries I made I was shooketh so let's go through some of the discoveries I made so on my grandma's grandmother's side uh is like a lot of Scots. Like, her family is very, very uh, Scottish. So, I just went up and up and up as far back as I could go, and then I hit this, like, deadlock in, like, the uh, late 1400s, and I was, like, really upset. I was like, oh, I was hoping I was gonna find something more interesting. I mean, some of the things I did find interesting, I found uh, that I'm related to the, well, the now Dukes of Argyle. They were earls back then. I'm related... I'm descended from them through a a second son, Donald Campbell, I believe. Yes. And I also had an ancestor from that same family who died in the Battle of Flodden Fields. You'll remember that from my Catherine of Aragon episode, which is so fucking cool. That one of my ancestors got fucking wrecked by Catherine of Aragon. But I am honored. (laughs) So I was hoping that I could, like, maybe get farther back than that. But then I noticed one of the Dukes of Argyle that I'm related to, I believe it's the first Earl of Argyle. Uh, that I'm related to. His wife was this lady named Isabel Stewart. I was like, hmm, Isabel Stewart. Stewart is the last name of the uh, Scottish royal family. So I was like, hmm, I wonder if she's like descended from one of the kings. So I used, um, I I googled her. I googled Isabel Stewart to see if I could find her. I found her. Um, And I went back on her father's side. I didn't really find anything. I was like, oh, a couple of high stewards of Scotland. Nothing really that interesting. But then I noticed that Isabel Stewart's grandmother was also a steward. So I was like, all right, let's try going back on Joan Stewart's side. And guys, oh my god. I am directly descended from King Robert II of Scots, and I almost had a heart attack when I read that. I was, my my mom was on the phone, like, right next to me. She works at home now, and I was like, all I could think was, get off the phone, woman, I need to tell you this. And uh, since I'm descended from King Robert uh, II of Scots, um, all the way back up in his family tree, there's St. Margaret of Scotland, and she was an English princess who was descended from Alfred the Great. Like, shit, that is so cool. And I was like, oh, that's so cool that I'm descended from, like, the older Anglo-Saxon kings of England. What about someone like William the Conqueror? So I did some digging, and uh, Ro- King Robert II's grandmother, Isabel of Mar, was the granddaughter of this lady named Joan Lady of Wales, who I'm probably going to do an episode on one day because she's really cool. And Joan Lady of Wales was the illegitimate daughter of the King John of England, 
which means I'm descended from William the Conqueror. It's so cool! I had so much fun doing this ancestry thing. Also, I, I found out I'm also descended from this Native American woman from actually a reserve that's actually not even that far from my house. So I had a lot of fun researching my family history, and I hope you guys found that very interesting. All right, uh, enough about me. Uh, let's get into the topic at hand. Today, we are discussing Grace O'Malley. You might have heard of her. You might have not. She was the basically the pirate queen of Ireland for decades in the late 1500s. Yeah, and like early 1600s. Uh, I've always thought she was very cool, and I thought it, it would be a great time to uh, cover her since uh, St. Patrick's Day will be be coming up the day after this goes up. So I hope you guys are excited to learn about Grace O'Malley. Let's get into it. Okay, so Grace O'Malley was born sometime in 1530 in modern-day uh, County Mayo, Ireland, to Lord Owen O'Malley and Lady Maeve O'Malley. Now, we don't know her birthday, but to be honest, she kind of gave off, like, major Torres vibes to me. You know, they're represented by the bull, which means stubbornness, and if that doesn't describe Grace in one word, I don't know what will. Uh, they're also earth signs, and some of their other traits include practicality, stoici stoicism, determination, ambition, and materialism. Now, I think most of these fit into what we know about Grace's personality. Other than that, maybe the materialism doesn't fit. I mean, she was rich, but she wasn't necessarily materialistic based on what I read. Now, before we actually get into Grace's parents and her life in general, I think you need some historical context on what was up with Ireland at the time Grace was born and, like, just a bit before that. Now, in my Nesta of Wales episode, I mentioned at the end how Nesta's sons and Henry II of England were pretty influential in invading Ireland, and when they got there, they replaced a lot of established Irish families by either, like, murdering them or, like, marrying into them. Uh, but for the most part, at the time, the Irish got to keep most of their cultural language, social, social system, and laws. The English were actually pretty lackluster with their rule on Ireland over the next few centuries, and over time, they loosened their grip like, more and more, especially during the Wars of the Roses when they were so busy fighting themselves, they literally had no time to rule Ireland, so they just, like, left the running of the country up to a combination of Irish-English families, like the Butlers, the Burks, and uh, my family, the Fitzgeralds, huh? Uh, but the Fitzgeralds were probably the most important out of all of them. Now, when the Tudors came to power, everything was, like, pretty cool between England and Ireland until Henry VIII started fucking around, you know, as he does. Now, the Fitzgeralds have been the Lord Deputies of Ireland for years, however, the English didn't really trust them anymore because they were basically acting like they were a completely independent country by making treaties and deals behind the English's back. So, they replaced the Fitzgerald family with the butlers, and this one Fitzgerald dude named Silken Thomas was not cool with being replaced, and uh, was also not cool with the English imposing their rule on them again. Um, and at the same time this was happening, Henry VIII had broken with the church and the Irish people, super duper fucking Catholic. They were not cool with any of this. So from this point on, the English started to come down harder on the Irish than they ever had. And that will come into play with Grace's future pirate career. It's a very important piece of information. Okay, uh, let's talk about Grace's parents and the O'Malley family. Now, her dad was Owen O'Malley, and he was the leader of Clan O'Malley, and her mother was Maeve O'Malley, and she also came from the O'Malley clan. Um, I'm not exactly sure how closely related her parents were, but they were almost definitely cousins, like first or second, I don't know, which I know is, but uh, let's let's forget about that for now. 
So, uh, Clan O'Malley was an old Irish family, but they were a little bit different from your average, uh, Irish noble family. You know, most nobles, you know, make their living from just, like, taxing their land, but the O'Malley's were, like, clearly fucking built different because they used the high seas as their cash cow. They were ruthless pirates, and they terrorized ships trading in Galway Bay, and they also, uh, made extra money by taxing all of the people who fished off their coasts. Uh, they traded with some coastal areas of France and Spain, which will be important later, and uh, they were famous for building rows and rows of castles facing the sea to protect their territory. Uh, they were also a particular pain in the ass of the English, and uh, Grace probably would have grown up watching her father be this like badass pirate who didn't give a shit about English, the English people. Um, now, in terms of childhood, she probably would have grown up on Clear Island because her family did have a castle and a home base there. Uh, now this castle, uh, guards the entrance to Clue Bay, so it's literally, like, a perfect spot if you're a pirate looking for some booty. Um, but unlike, uh, most pirates of this, like, time period, or just, like, pirates in general, Grace would have grown up pretty comfortable for most of her life. Not to mention, we're, like, fairly certain she was formally educated. Now, I won't spoil this for you yet because this comes in at the end of the story, but Grace has a meeting with a particularly important person during her adult years, and this person didn't speak Irish like she did, but this person did speak Latin, and they were able to have a full conversation in Latin, so if Grace knew Latin, uh, that could only mean she was formally educated. You don't just know Latin. <laughs> like, that's not a casual thing that you usually just, like, teach yourself back in this time. She probably would have had had a tutor who was teaching her Latin and various other languages, and you know how to be, like, a proper lady. <laughs> it's also pretty likely that because of her parents' business of trading and how many places she would travel, that she spoke tons of other language other than Irish and Latin. She probably spoke Spanish, Scots, and French. Uh, she may have known a little bit of English, but probably not enough to carry on a conversation, like, with this person that she has a meeting with, because they spoke English, but if she had spoken any English, they probably would have just tried to have a conversation in English. Anyway, now, before we move on, I want to talk a bit about what she looked like. We don't have any portraits of her, but from what I read, she was most likely a redhead. Uh, can't really be sure about that. That was, like, the best source on it I could find. Um, it's The reason we probably don't really know much about what she looks like is probably because basically everything we know about her is from English sources rather than Irish sources. And both of those sources probably didn't think it was important to write down what she looked like, because who cares, right? But, you know, it's annoying for me in the present, right now, because I really want to know what she looked like. But she's always depicted with red hair, so we're going with red hair. Alright, uh, let's move on into more of her pirate upbringing. Now, the O'Malley's may have been pirates, but they were slightly different from, you know, your traditional Johnny Depp pirate. Uh, their little area of Ireland on the coast operated more like an independent independent country for most of Grace's childhood until the, you know, aforementioned English coming in and being like, hey, we're in charge. Uh, but I digress. Uh, Grace's father, like I mentioned before, he, he participated in legitimate trade with major European nations like France and Spain. Uh, there's even this, like, fun little, like, story from when Grace was a kid that I thought you guys might like to hear. Now, when Grace was probably about 10 years old, uh, her father, Owen, was setting off on a trading expedition to Spain, and Grace, like, really wanted to go. Like, she was super excited and pumped about it. But her father said no because he thought her long hair would get caught in the ropes of the ship. Also, you know, just, like, general misogyny, like, my daughter's not 
going on this trip. She's a girl. Uh, but uh, Grace was a stubborn bitch, so she cut off all her hair to embarrass her father into taking her with him. Now, the legend doesn't say whether or not he actually took her with him after she pulled out stunt, but in my head, you know, I hope, I hope he did. I hope he was impressed. Um, now, this whole incident ended up with Grace getting the nickname uh, Grain Mahal. I believe that's how you pronounce it, which in English basically means bald grace, <laughs> which is cute. Um, over the next few, next few years, she would learn the ropes of pirate life. Also, it's very likely that she was fostered out for a couple of years as a kid. Uh, since the O'Malley's were such a powerful family, it would have been a huge compliment for anyone to foster grace. But uh, if it did happen, we don't have any record of uh, it happening or who fostered her. Now, uh, all throughout Grace's childhood, she wanted to join her father's fleet, but he almost always said no. Also, her mother was of the opinion that uh, she did not want her daughter to be a sailor, so that probably influenced her dad's uh, decisions. Uh, but I think Owen O'Malley clearly saw a lot in his daughter, and when uh, he died, she inherited the whole O'Malley clan, which was a huge compliment. Now, I bet you're wondering, why is this such a big compliment? Why is it a big deal? Is it just because she's a woman? Well, yeah. Um, it's pretty awesome that he left everything to his daughter, of all people. And what's even crazier about her getting everything is that she wasn't an only child. She had an older half-brother named Donal, who I assume was from her father's first marriage. Um, and it was pretty much expected that Don Hall would become the next leader of the O'Malley clan since he was the oldest and he was a man until, you know, Owen pulled out an Uno reverse card <laughs> and was like, no, my daughter is the leader. Deal with it. And I can't imagine how pumped Grace was about it. Like, her her vision board on Pinterest of her being a pirate queen was, like, manifesting itself into existence. <laughs> Um, I'm not quite sure how her brother Donal felt about all of this, but if he threw a fit about his sister inheriting everything, there's no record on it. So I choose to believe that he was he was woke and he didn't care and he just like went into retirement or just like tried to help her. I I choose to believe he was chill about it, which was really nice of him if he was. Okay, now that Grace is a pirate queen, you know, she should be on top of the world right now. But not really. Just because she's a pirate queen doesn't mean she gets out of the social conventions of being a woman in this time period. Which meant marriage time, bitch. Now, I'm not 100% sure if she married before her father died because we aren't even 100% sure when he died. So he could have easily arranged this marriage himself. But if he was dead by this point, I... By this point, I'm sorry. I imagine Grace maybe arranged this marriage uh, for herself to, you know, get some power because, you know, marriage was power back then. Now, the point is, in, uh, 1546, when she was about 15 or 16, she married this dude named Donald or Don, oh no, Donald O'Flaherty? Donald O'Flaherty. <laughs> We're gonna go with that. Now, he was the heir to the O'Flaherty clan, uh, which was an ancient, ancient Irish family who basically outdated the O'Malley's by, like, centuries. They had been kings in Ireland at one point, but now they were just, you know, exceptionally powerful landowners since Ireland didn't really have any kings anymore. And it was a massive swore for Grace to marry the heir to the clan. Now, we don't really know anything about their wedding, but I thought maybe to give us an idea of what it could have been like, I tried to look up Irish wedding traditions from the time period to, like, paint a picture for us about what her first wedding might have been like. 
Now, uh, one practice that carried over from pagan Irish weddings was the idea of uh, hand fasting. Basically, the couple would hold hands and the priest would tie a ribbon around uh, their hands in a figure eight pattern to symbolize that they were now one. Uh, it's also where the term tying the knot came from, which I think is really cool. Uh, I believe some some uh, ceremonies these days even still do hand fasting, which is pretty cool. Um, other traditions include the idea of uh, something old, something new, something borrowed, something blue, and an old Irish penny in her shoe, which is cute. Um, also, anyone at that wedding probably would have been drinking uh, this drink called, oh no, <laughs> Poyotin. It's spelled P-O-I-T-I-N. Poyotin? We're going to go with that, which was a whiskey-like drink made out of potatoes which is so on brand for ireland and that sounds like a really fun party all right so let's talk about the groom now what kind of man was grace getting married to whether she married him of her own fruition is fruition the right word yeah sure uh or whether her dad arranged her marriage to let let's let's get to know donald now from what i read he was a bit lame I hate to say this about him, but he kind of was. When he did finally become the leader of his clan, it was pretty clear he had no fucking idea how to manage shit. He was also a hot-tempered dude, as shown by the fact that he was almost always feuding with neighbor fa- neighboring families on his land, like the Joyces, which is foreshadowing, by the way. Remember the Joyce family. Um... And very early on in their marriage, Grace started handling his estates and land because she was just simply so much better at it than he was. And from what I read, he did not have any problem with her taking some of the workload off. Um, I'd like to tell you they had a happy marriage, but there's just not a lot documented about the relationship. But in my opinion, I feel like they had a lot of mutual respect for each other and like their marriage was like okay enough. I'm sure most days Grace was like, Oh my god, I married an idiot for money. (laughs) But uh, they must have liked each other at least three times because they did have three children together. Uh, Their oldest, Owen, was first, and then a girl named Maeve, and finally their youngest, Moreau. Now, Grace, believe it or not, from what I read, was a good mom. She loved her oldest, Owen, because he was kind and forgiving, and she admired that about him. And then her daughter, Maeve, was like, she was like a carbon copy of her. She was wild, bold, and Grace loved that about her daughter. She thought she was, like, the best. And I'm not saying Maeve was the favorite, but she probably was the favorite child. (laughs) And finally, we come to her youngest, Moreau, who Grace didn't really have the best relationship. I will go into more detail with that later, because it's important to her story, but Grace found her youngest son to be... Well, not her cup of tea, to say the least. For one thing, he was a hothead like his father, which was not a good thing to inherit for him. Also, he really, really enjoyed war, like, a lot. Like, he was obsessed with it. And worst of all, he had an awful superiority complex towards his mother and his sister. There were countless incidents when uh, Moreau and Maeve were kids of him beating his older sister because she was a woman. And he also refused to listen to his mother because she was a woman. And I imagine Grace (laughs) being like, excuse me, you ungrateful crotch goblin. (laughs) Basically, she gave birth to a complete asshat and she was very embarrassed about it, which is, you know, fair on her part because, oh my god, what a little fucking misogynist. (laughs) Now, while married to 
Donald, she amassed like nearly 200 ships into her fleet. Like she was like climbing her way up while she was married to Donald. Uh, she continued her father's business, but like turned it up to 11. They were taxing the crap out of people, raiding ships, specifically English ships, to the fury of the English government because, hey, that's our ships. Um, but we'll, we'll get into that. Uh, but before that, there's one event I got to talk about that really made Grace be like known as like one of Ireland's most feared pirates. And that was the death of her first husband. So as mentioned before, Donald was a hothead and he got into fights with other families all the time. One of these families was the Joyce family, as I mentioned before, with whom he had been fighting over the rights to a castle for for years. Like they'd been fighting over it for years and eventually it finally caught up to him. Uh, one day he was hunting out in his lands, as he should, and a couple members of the Joyce family uh, ambushed him and killed him. And after he died, um, after he died, uh, Grace went back to her O'Malley lands and she just kind of like sat there and like planned her revenge and she got it. Uh, she led a raid on the very castle that Donald had been fighting over with the Joyce's and she overwhelmingly defeated the Joyce's forces. Uh, not long after her husband died, I don't know if this was like grief boning, but like, uh, she had a brief affair with a young sailor who was also killed and uh, she was also very upset <laughs> about this and she raided the people who murdered that guy so it's safe to say don't kill Grace's boy toys or you're going to die <laughs> Um, and these two raids got her her second nickname, uh, the Dark Lady of Duna. Uh, she also led tons of other raids on castles for various reasons. I read this one story where a lord who stole property from her fled to a church for sanctuary, and she was determined to wait out the thief, maintaining that he could starve or surrender. But the thief dug a tunnel and escaped, and the hermit who took care of the church broke his vow of silence to scold her for attempting to harm someone who had sought sanctuary. Now, we don't know what she said back, but I'm sure it was something pretty badass because, like, she waited out some dude who fucking stole, for her, stole from her. That is so cool. She is awesome. Now, not too long after Donald died, Grace decided to get married again. Uh, so she was, you know, looking around for a husband, and she found this dude named Richard the Iron Burke, also known as... You guys are gonna love this. His other nickname was Iron Dick. <laughs> Which is so funny. Well, I was like, I need a drink. Oh my god, that's funny. Um, now, he was called this not because he had an iron dick, but because he, well, his nickname was already the iron and the nickname for Richard is dick. So, that was an unfortunate <laughs> coincidence. Um... Iron Dick was the head of the Burke clan. Uh, they were incredibly wealth wealthy, so perfect for Grace. Uh, her and Iron Dick got married in 1566. Now, fun fact about uh, Gaelic marriage law. There's this thing where couples can be married for one year as a trial period, and if they don't like it, they can end the marriage, like, legally. Um, which is important <laughs> because of what's about to happen next. Now, once they got married, after Grace secured the ownership of one of his castles called Rockfleet Castle, and she, like, got a couple of ships, uh, they had been married for, like, a couple of months, I think, or something, and one day when he left the castle, she locked him out of said castle, and she brought her army and her kids there, 
And when Iron Dick was outside, you know, begging to let, begging her to let him in, she waved at him from the window and said, Richard Burke, I dismiss you. And basically, that meant their marriage was over. And she was sick of him. Now, you'd think that Richard, our Iron Dick, <laughs> would be mad. But actually, he was surprisingly cool with it. And he actually became one of one of Grace's best allies. Also, they did end up having a son together, like, just before that. Like, she must have been, like, pregnant. Um, and they named their son Tibbet, uh, who I will be referring to as Tibbet Tibbet, because I think it sounds like a frog. Um, anyway, there's actually this fun legend that I really got to talk about, about Tibbet Tibbet's birth. Uh, he was actually born at sea, uh, before, obviously, uh, their, um, par- his parents got divorced, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, Grace and Iron Dick were doing trade in the Mediterranean, and she started going to labor at the same time her ship got attacked by Algerian pirates. And when her son was born, she basically wrapped him in a blanket and went above deck to fight, and that of and if that is not the most badass shit you've ever heard, I don't know what is. Okay, so now that Grace is done with marriage, let's talk about her fight with the English. Now, despite Grace being this, like, badass pirate who, like, murdered people and, like, was married a lot, she was ruffling some feathers, particularly those of the English. In the late 1560s, Queen Elizabeth I got dozens and dozens of complaints about Grace and her pirates, like, attacking people... And this is where this dude named Sir Richard Bingham comes in. Now, he was an English soldier who rose his way through the ranks and was eventually appointed as Lord Deputy of an Irish province, which happened to be Grace's ex-husband's lands. And uh, old Iron Dick did not uh, take being ruled by an Englishman particularly well. Uh, Neither did any of his family, as a matter of fact. Now, uh, Bingham went around seizing castles, you know, pissing off lords, but one of his worst offenses was what happened to Grace's oldest son. Now, if you remember, her oldest son, Owen, was known for being a very sweet and kind guy, and I imagine Bingham was aware of this, and he wanted to get under Grace's skin because he knew that she was the most powerful person in this area. So he came to the castle where Owen was living, took advantage of poor sweet Owen's hospitality, captured him, and then had him McMurdered. Now, worst of all, uh, Grace's son Moreau joined fucking forces with Bingham and may have been involved in his big brother's murder. Which, after this, Grace never spoke to Moreau again and basically fucking disowned him. Which, as she should, because Moreau's a piece of shit. Um, after her oldest son's murder, she became a leader in a rebellion against the English, so Bingham sent his brother to capture her. Luckily, Grace was able to get away, but by the time she came uh, she came back, uh, Bingham had left and the uprising was over, so she decided to cut her losses and asked the Lord Deputy of Ireland, John Parrott, for a pardon for her and her son, Tibbet Tibbet, who was also a part of that rebellion, and luckily she was granted the pardon, so she was just able to chill after, you know, joining a rebellion and, like, almost dying, so that was fun, and, you know, her son, her favorite son was dead, so. Um, in 1588, the Spanish Armada was sailing towards England, which is a big deal, I'm sure we'll get to that one day when we do Elizabeth's episode in the future, and, uh, Queen Elizabeth was actually very worried that the Irish would join the Spanish in the rebellion, which was a totally legitimate concern, because they could have done that. So she sent uh, Richard Bingham back to Ireland, since he had done such a good job quelling the last rebellion. 
Now, once again, Bingham spelled disaster for Grace. He legit could not leave this poor woman alone. Like, he had a weird obsession with her. Uh, He destroyed all her land at Rockfleet Castle, her favorite castle, while she was away at sea and spent the next few years harassing other Irish lords until finally uh, Grace's son, Tibbet Tibbet, um, got sick of it. Uh, Tibbet Tibbet started a rebellion in 1593 and was joined by his brother, Moreau, who I guess decided to switch back signs sides i don't know however i doubt grace forgave him no matter what he could do because you know he was like probably involved in his older brother's death anyway uh tibbet tibbet also got grace's brother donald's support uh which is great that he's helping his sister uh but this rebellion didn't go well tibbet tibbet did not do a good job and uh bingham captured tibbet tibbet moreau and donald all three of them now grace didn't want really want a repeat of what happened to her son owen and even if she didn't really like Moreau, she was going to save his ass anyway because she didn't want her dumbass son to die. Uh, now, Grace demanded an audience with Queen Elizabeth herself so that they could make a deal about uh, her son's and brother's release. Um, it took a while, but eventually her request was granted. And in 1594, the Irish Pirate Queen sailed up the Thames, which is the river in London, uh, to Greenwich Palace, where she was due to meet Queen Elizabeth. Now, this was an incredibly historic meeting between these two women. I mean, Elizabeth was one of the greatest queens that ever sit on the English throne. She was at the height of her power and awesomeness at the time. And Grace was this just, like, legendary pirate queen who was basically running Ireland. Now, you'd think these women were very different people, but they actually had tons in common. Now, I won't go into, like, full detail since one day... Like I said, Elizabeth will get an entire series on her life. But the similarities between them are, like, uncanny. Um, They were born less than three years apart, most likely. They both succeeded to thrones no one thought they would ever occupy. They challenged gender norms, like fucking champs. And they both went down in history with, like, legendary good luck status. And here they were, in one room, about to talk to each other. So, what did they talk about? Well, one of the first things they had to get past was language barrier, like I talked about before. This is our secret meeting person. Now, Elizabeth didn't speak a word of Irish, and Grace did not have enough English skills for a full conversation, but luckily they did speak both speak Latin, so the conversation wasn't that hard. Um, <laughs> some details about this meeting. When Grace entered the room, she refused to bow to Elizabeth for two reasons. The first being that she did not recognize Elizabeth as Queen of Ireland, which is, you know, totally valid. And, uh, the second reason was Grace was technically a queen, and, you know, queens don't bow to each other, because, like, that's not fair. (laughs) And surprisingly, like, instead of Elizabeth, like, getting upset about this, she was like, okay, that's completely fair terms, you don't have to bow to me, it's fine. Um... (laughs) I, I, I love this part. Before Grace sat down, she was obviously searched for weapons because, you know, she was still technically a threat because, you know, her family were known for, like, murder and rebellion against the English crown. So, like, totally valid concern that she could have been carrying weapons. Uh, while they were searching her, they found a dagger on her, but she explained that it was for her own safety. Um, because, like, they could have definitely killed her. Like, this could have easily been a trap. Now, <laughs> this would uh, generally bother most people when you're meeting who's meeting with a country, uh, sorry, when you're meeting with a person whose country you've occupied and probably hates you, but Elizabeth was, like, cool as a cucumber when she found out that Grace had a dagger, and she let her keep it while they talked. Um, one other fun story I read from this meeting is at one point, Grace sneezed, 
like rather loud. So uh, this noblewoman who was like standing near her offered her a handkerchief to like blow her nose. And Grace took the handkerchief and she blew her nose and then she threw the handkerchief in the nearby fireplace, which shocked the whole court, especially the lady who gave her the handkerchief because she was like, fuck, that was my handkerchief. <laughs> and uh, Grace had to explain to everyone that in her country, handkerchiefs were considered dirty and when you used one, it was just best to burn it rather than keep it. Which I, I, I can imagine people at Elizabeth's court were like, clutch my pearls. <laughs> at the sight of her because like they didn't do that they had handkerchiefs and they kept them after they blew their nose in it um now grace and elizabeth did talk for quite a while and they came to a pretty fair agreement at the end of their uh negotiations elizabeth agreed to release her sons and her brother on the condition that she stopped pirating and to try to stop any other irishmen from doing pirating additionally bingham would uh be removed from his post in ireland and would never bother her and her family again However, Grace didn't really get everything she wanted out of this deal. She tried to barter for Elizabeth to pay for the lands and livestock Bingham had destroyed during his, like, little burn spree, but Elizabeth refused to pay for it, so Grace had to give up her fight on that front, unfortunately. Now, even though Grace's meeting with Elizabeth was very, very successful, Elizabeth... She didn't really keep up her end of the bargain, which really fucking pisses me off. Less than a few months after the meeting, Bingham was reinstated into his position. Now, Grace, you know, could have thrown a fit about Bingham being back in Ireland since Elizabeth completely broke their deal that they signed. Uh, but Grace really didn't want a repeat of Bingham rounding up and murdering her family members. Plus, at this point, she was 64. Gosh, she was probably so fucking tired after all that crap that happened to her. She was just kind so she just kind of like rolled with it because she knew Elizabeth would make her life like 10 times more miserable if she tried to rebel again over this. Now, one of the last events we have a record of Grace being involved in is the Nine Years' War, which was another Irish rebellion. But don't worry, Grace was on the English side of this conflict. After all, she had agreed to stop rebelling. And uh, her youngest son, Tibbet Tibbet, was definitely thinking about joining the rebellion. Like, he was like, ooh, another one. Yay. But Grace was like, boy, you better not go and join that rebellion. And Tibbet Tibbet was like, okay, mom, I won't. <laughs> Which was probably the smart choice. Uh, at some point in the year 1603, Grace finally died, most likely at Rockfleet Castle, because after all, that was her favorite castle after she, you know, straight up stole it from her husband. Um, we're not exactly... 100% sure what she died of, but by then she would have been in her 70s, so she probably just, you know, got tired of living and just, like, passed away because <laughs> she was old. <laughs> now, I was going to talk about what happened to Grace's living children, um, but I didn't really think it would, uh, I didn't really think it would, would have fit earlier. I was going to talk about it earlier, so let's talk about it now at the end of the episode before we get into her legacy. So, her daughter Maeve, uh, got married to this dude named Rickard, who was a young sailor in Grace's fleet. When he was a teenager, he had saved Grace's life several times, and she was very, very proud to give Maeve in marriage to him. They had several children together, and it's just one of the many lines of descent uh, Grace has alive today. Uh, as for her living sons, I don't really know what happened to Moreau. To be honest, I don't really care. I'm going to put him in the burn book of historical men because he fucking deserves it. He's a piece of shit. Um, as for uh, Tibbet Tibbet, uh, he was eventually created a Viscount, and he became a very influential person in Irish Parliament. Uh, Grace also has several descendants through her, uh, son Tibbet Tibbet. In fact, a statue that is the cover art for this episode was put up by her descendants, uh, through Maeve and Tibbet Tibbet. Uh, 
Um, all right, let's get into legacy. Now, when Grace died, she almost immediately became an Irish folk hero, but she's not incredibly well documented, as I've mentioned before. Now, most historians in Ireland were generally monks, and, uh, what do we know about monks in their attitudes toward women? They didn't really like them. And since she was a woman, they were like, let's not write down a single thing about her, and she'll just, like, fade away into history. Like, who gives a shit about this woman pirate? But despite this, we still remember her. She's a symbol of Irish independence. She fought back as the Englishmen tried to conquer her country. And if that's not badass, I don't know what is. Thank you guys so much for joining me on this episode. It was a bit of a short episode. I'm sorry about that, but there's just like not a lot documented on her, on her but I really hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, happy St. Patrick's Day to all my fellow Irishmen out there. Uh, I hope it's a good day for you guys. All right. Have a nice day, guys. Bye. Hey guys, thanks for listening. If you have any suggestions for topics, you can just DM me on Twitter at LongMaceRain2. The N at the end of rain is replaced with a 2 instead. I'm also available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor, and like a whole bunch of other stuff. Uh, Don't forget to rate and review this podcast on all those platforms. It really actually does help the show so much and it will help me grow my audience. So I would absolutely appreciate it if you guys could do that. All right. uh, Bye.